This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Shout out to Xavier. Winning Big Brother 23. Bold-headed bread. After the cookout ended, he turned into Michael Jordan. And he killed it. He killed it. I mean, come on. Come on now. In final six, he was a step ahead of Tiffany, made a final two with Kyrie, and got rid of Tiffany. Final six. He got Kylan to get rid of Tiffany in final six. That was his one of his biggest threats, if not his biggest threat, period, in the game. Then, of course, you got to get rid of your second biggest threat, that was that was easy money. Got Aza to get rid of her. Could have easily drove Aza to, to keep her just because she was a woman. Nope. He had a great bond with Aza. Easy to get rid of Hannah. Then, Island was all in for their final two. He's in a situation where he could go to the end with everyone left, Aza, Kylan, and Big D. Because he had basically, well, no, he had a final two with the, the two guys. I mean, he had a final three with the guys. And Aza just loved the guy. <laughs> she had a huge crush on him. So, easy money. But, you know, Kylan was willing to take him to the end. But he had two final twos, and he decided to pick the one that was going to get him the money a little easier. So he cut Kylan. That was big. Kylan was pissed, but he had to do it. I mean, I saw them jury clips. The jury was split on freaking Kylan and Xavier. He didn't want to take those chances. Kylan was willing to. I mean, he talked about honor, playing with integrity. That's why he wanted to bring Xavier to the end because he's a great competitor. That doesn't really work in Big Brother because that's not a game of honor. You got to lie and deceit and all that just to get to the end. You got to. That's not really how the game works. People can try to take that more high ground, but that's just not how the game is. Come on. <laughs> I mean, that only works. Maybe that maybe that works with jury management, but still, that's that is the game. So Xavier cut him at Final Four just to make things easier. I mean, you're playing with Big D and Aza, two of the worst players in the game. I mean, they're pretty good social games. That that got them to jury, I mean, at least. And then, you know, the cookout pretty much dominated after that. And, I mean, Big D just being an emotional wreck almost ruined his chance at final two because Xavier was dominating. He won part one. He was most likely going to win part three. And he was going to take uh, Derek. And then Aza, I mean, him and Aza have been best friends, but they never had a solid final two. And that's when, when he told her that, that's when things started, you know, going off the rails with them so much that, if Aza won part three, she was going to take Xavier. I'm like, what the hell? 
you would easily win if you take Big D, but Big D was so awful to her that she just it pushed her closer to Xavier, even though she didn't have a deal with him either. And it's easier to beat Big D in the final two, but it don't matter. Xavier was clutch once again. Won another clutch competition. He won part three, final three. Took uh, Big D, who was his original final two. Easy money. I mean, but Big D had a final two with Kylan and Xavier. So all those guys, those guys with a final three, after the cookout ended, I mean, they both had two fun. But Xavier just separated himself, asserted himself, and that's why he won. I love it. First black man to win, Big Brother. Easy money. First black man to win, Big Brother. And after the first time in Big Brother history, they have an all-black six-person alliance. See what happens when you put more black people on the show. This is going to be harder to replicate in the future. But man, this this was good. This was historic. I love Tiffany got America's favorite player. I mean, everyone thought she was playing the best game. But she did. She, she looked like she was going to coast until she messed things up with Kylan. And Kylan and Xavier kind of formed that bond. That that was the end of her. She needed Kylan. She needed Kylan. Oh, I guess Kylan had a final two with Tiffany as well. It's like, yo, Kylan or or Tiffany would have won the game if, if Tiffany was able to get Kylan on her side. She wasn't lost at final six. I mean, happens. It's the game. But congrats to Xavier. Congrats to Tiffany. People are going to say the season was boring. I, I disagree. But uh, it is what it is, though. It is what it is. Anyway, man, let's get into some of these sports. The Birds. The Eagles. So they got body. They lost by 20. Damn! But it's 2021, man. You're still going to respect the Birds. No disrespect. We'll be tolerated. Because they still can make the playoffs. They're, they're fine. I mean, what's happening now is kind of what happened last year. Like, we're starting to get injuries on the offensive line. We just lost our starting left guard for the season. And I just saw how they struggled to block that Cowboys defensive front, and they didn't have everybody. In the second half, it was a lot of holding. It's just, man, the Eagles right now look like the Giants. Shaky quarterback play. Because of shaky play calling, mediocre offensive line play, got solid defensive play, solid, not good, good at times, not great at times. It's all over the place. And to put the cherry on top, the mistakes, the penalty. It's just, it was just awful to watch, man. It was just awful to watch them in the second half or even sometimes in the first half get a real good play, and then they get called back because of something dumb, like illegal man downfield or holding. And then, you know, nobody's open, so 
Jalen Hurts has to throw a Hail Murray jump ball to Devontae Smith or Jalen Rager. What is this? The pick six is what really broke the game open. Oh, Trayvon Diggs is spectacular. He is really good. And, yo, he's another DMV guy. So he, he's awesome. I got a lot of respect for him. He He's going to be a pro bowler. He is having a heck of a season so far. Uh, Makai Parsons was a great pick. He was all over the field. Lane Johnson couldn't block him. Like, I, I, I hats off to the Cowboys. Like, they're definitely better than us, at least now. But it's going to be a long season. It's going to be a long season. So, we're good. But, hey, back to that pick six. So, Trayvon got the pick six. But before that, Dallas Goddard dropped the pass. That would have gotten him like 20, 30 yards or more. Imagine if he catch that. We probably don't even call that play with Devontae Smith on that out route. You got to be kidding. You can't be serious. <laughs> you got to be kidding me, man. Oh, God. Wow. I just hope they get things together because the schedule doesn't get any easier. And so far, they have shown that they can't really do anything on offense, and they're all over Devontae Smith. We're not getting him open at all. The receivers aren't really getting open at all. We got to do something. Well, it would help if we can run the ball. Jalen Hurst can run the ball. We got Miles Sanders. who's pretty good. We don't give him the ball, and then we start splitting carries with Kenneth Gainwell. He's good, but, you know, I, like, I mean Obviously, Sanders is back. Unbelievable, man. This team, man. But it's okay. You know why I'm encouraged? You know what? You know why I'm encouraged? Well, first of all, the last three years, we got blown out in Dallas just to come back and win in Philly. Or we win in Philly and then get blown out in Dallas. Like, we've been blown out in Dallas the last, like, three years. Maybe even four years. Like, it is what it is. They get all happy. I mean, we've been through this before. They get all happy. Then Cowboys go on like a losing streak. Then we meet in Philly. They got to fight for the division with us. And we're right there. It's going to be tough, man. I'm looking at the schedule and it's like, man, we got the Chiefs and the Bucks. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Man, come on. That's going to be tough. We got the Panthers who are undefeated. But my thing is, I don't really believe in them. If we can block the D-line, we're in that. We're in that. That'll, that'll be kind of a low-scoring game, and we can duke it out and win it at the end. I think we can win that one. The Raiders are kind of overrated. Like, Derek Carr, he does heat up in the second half of all these games. But all their games are close. All their games hanging the Browns. They struggled against Miami without Tua. Like, why should I be afraid of the Raiders? Broncos will get exposed. They're on our schedule. The Jets are on our schedule. Like, come on. We'll be fine. So you better respect the Burr. Because we'll be back. And I've seen Jalen Hurt carry my Sooners to the playoffs. He going to get it together. Trust me. 
because I've seen it before. I've seen it before, bro. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I've seen this story before. The Cowboys got to prove to me they for real. So far, they are. But we'll see what happens later in the year. I mean, it's still listening to me. Like I said, it's still 15 more weeks. Like I told Colin Cowherd, 15 more weeks. Don't get too hyped now. We still got a lot of football left to be played. And we got time to figure things out. Anyway, man. All right, the Washington sitcom. Washington sitcom. Wow. They lost to Buffalo. Remember when I was going through the schedule earlier this season? And I looked at the Buffalo game. I was like, oh, they're going to get killed. But then after watching Buffalo earlier this, this season... I was like, uh, maybe Washington can get with him. Maybe it'll be a close game. And then Thurman Thomas said it was going to be a blowout on 106-7. I was like, this guy's, this guy's serious? I mean, Buffalo's going to win, but it ain't going to be no get-right game. It ain't going to be no blowout. Bruh, from the jump, from the opening possession, the way them fans was cheering, the way their offense just was just one play after another. They was in rhythm. They was just taking the Washington sitcom defense apart. They was bodying them. They made it look easy. I was like, yeah, they're in trouble. Because what did I say about this defense? I said, this defense, if you can block the D-line, if you can block the D-line, you expose the back half of their defense. Mediocre linebacker play, inconsistent secondary play. I mean, and that's exactly what happened. They was able to block that front forward. They was able to neutralize them. And Josh Allen just did whatever he wanted. He was great. And now you got people, and now you got people <laughs> in a DMV who are uh, Washington football fans, you can, they got them panicking. They were like, man, this defense really isn't that good or really isn't as good as we think they are. And then their offense, their offense is okay. It's just that 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 game, it just nothing was working. I mean, you had a Antonio Gibson screenplay, and then they took advantage of a short field because of a blunder by Buffalo. Other than that, they didn't do nothing. Taylor Heineke finally got exposed, which I knew was going to happen eventually. I was like, there's no way he's just going to keep having good game after good game after good game. Nah, bro. He threw two picks. I think he almost threw three. And they were bad. So, I mean, it's just that it's just two situations where he just didn't see the defender. And the defender just swooped in and picked it up. So, listen, they got a tougher schedule, and it's showing that they're going to have trouble against some really good teams. Just like the Eagles. They got the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Chiefs and Bucks at home. I mean, the Saints, they got the Saints next weekend. That's not going to be easy. Or is it this weekend? Uh, it's soon. No, they got the Falcons, then the Saints. They should beat the Falcons. The Saints... Uh, we'll see. If they can play like Carolina did against the Saints, they they could they should they could win that game. 
But the Bucks, the Chiefs, the Packers? <laughs> oh, they in trouble. They in trouble. And y'all hyped them up. They were the co-favorites with the Cowboys to win the division. But it looks like the Cowboys are going to run away with the division. They should for now. For now. But you better respect the bird. Because they coming. And even if the Cowboys do win the division, they're not getting past the second round. I doubt it. Because once you play the Rams, Bucks, Green Bay, Seattle, it's over. It's a wrap. They're not going to beat those teams. Come on, man. Anyway, Washington football team, they got to figure out how to get that uh, D-line going. They have, have to send more pressure. Period. Or it's going to be a long season. And... They're going to battle it out with the Giants in the basement. And if the Eagles don't get it together, they'll be battling out with them too in the basement while the Cowboys just roll. It's okay. Um, but like I said, they got time to figure it out just like the Eagles and just like the Giants. The Giants just, their last two games have been close. But dumb turnovers and missed opportunities, just like the Birds. No, nah, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to see. We're going to see. But as of now, I think it's Cowboys or Eagles. <laughs> Here we go again. Oh, man. Uh Oh, man. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford looks like an MVP candidate. He was spectacular against the Bucs. He had another four touchdowns and got me a ton of fantasy points. Um, man, he got me a ton of fantasy points. <clears throat> but yet, on one of the teams where I started him on, I still lost because I had one person had zero. Miles Sanders ain't doing anything. I mean, they ain't giving the ball. James White, yeah, James White got hurt. He had he had 0.6. He he got hurt. Rondell Moore ain't do nothing. Like. It's just too many people that just didn't do diddly, diddly poo. <laughs> Real talk. But Matt Stafford has been amazing. I started him over Aaron Rodgers, and no surprise, he he outscored Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I sat there and watched the 49ers. Now, mind you, it was against the struggling Eagles offense, but I was like, I was still impressed with how they played defensively. So I was like, they're going to kind of limit Aaron Rodgers. And, and I saw Tampa Bay's defense. I was like, they haven't stopped anybody all season. And now people in their secondary are hurt. That's why they signed Richard Sherman, which is a pretty good pickup. So I knew that they wasn't going to stop the Rams. And they didn't. Matt Stafford went off. I got him on like three different teams. He helped them all. He at least made that um that game competitive, the one where I had James White and Rondell Moore. Uh he at least made that competitive. And you know, 
And in my most important fantasy league with my college friends, huge blowout, huge blowout. Because he was spectacular, and Derrick Henry has been great. Kittle finally joined the party. And that's why, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins didn't do nothing. Keenan Allen was his usual self. But that that team is on track. That team's 2-1. I mean, I wish I could do a fantasy football standing segment, but, you know, I didn't go through all my teams. I mean, I could do something off the cuff. Ah, screw it, screw it, screw it, screw it. All right, let, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, simply great. A team that I created on the whim is two and one. They choked. I mean, I think I had Jalen Hurts. It just, it just, you know, just fell short this week, man. Goat level three in the listener league. Uh, finally lost in that league. I had a close one, though. I lost in a close one. But I'll be back. Goat level heroes, two loss. I mean, the guy I traded Justin Jefferson to, I mean, Justin Jefferson had 23 points. Yeah. It's not looking good. Because Kenyon Drake looked like, even when Josh Jacobs is out, Peyton Barber has emerged. So now it looks like he's going to be the third string running back. And I don't know how often he's going to get in the game. So now that's looking like a bad trade. But Tyler Boyd did okay. So I'm cool with that. And I got Odell back. So I'm going to be fine. Goat level OG is 2-1. and one. Uh, Derrick Henry, Matt Stafford, they were spectacular. I don't know what the Hopkins was doing. Kittle showed up to the party, just like I said. And Melvin Gordon did okay. He got a touchdown. I love it. Uh, Goats over Sheep, 2-1. and one. Another blowout for Goats over Sheep after a close uh, loss in week one. Got back on track. Uh, Washington sitcom, the league where no one showed up to the freaking draft. So I just feasted and stacked my team. Yet somehow I lost week one. Tyreek Hill isn't doing anything. Um, Jamar Chase was on the bench. He had 24 points. Like, Tyreek Hill had single digits. I need to, because I need to consider starting Jamar Chase over Tyreek Hill. I know that's blasphemy, but the way things have been going, I might have to. I'm going to look into it, man, because this is bad. This is bad. This is really, really bad. Easy Money is 0-3. I had a good chance of winning, but it was close in the in the late stages of the game, I guess. But I guess Jalen Hurst did just enough to get the guy over the hump, and I lost that one. So Easy Money's 0-3, another team I created on the whim. Uh, it's all good, man. Um, my man Matt in my league with GOAT level OG. He's still trying to make that trade for Hopkins with Antonio Gibson. I love Antonio Gibson, but it, it I, I just can't. I'm not really comfortable trading DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen for Gibson. I'm just not. Even though, you know, it would help with running back depth, especially with Josh Jacobs not being healthy and Kenyon Drake look like he's going to be demoted. But he still might be – he's going to turn into like a third down back because it looked like he's better at that than Peyton Barber. So, 
but the emergence of Peyton Barber definitely concerns me. So I could use some running back help, but no, nah, I think I'm going to keep Hopkins and Allen because they're just elite. And I'm two and one. <laughs> I'm two and one. I'm killing it. Come on, man. He's probably going to keep asking me for that trade until I say yes. And I'm just like, I'm not feeling that trade. I don't think it's right. We'll see what happens. Oh, and Saquon. Saquon finally did something for easy money. That's the team with Saquon and Patrick Mahomes. Still. Still lost. <laughs> Still lost somehow. Unbelievable. Because it's like, because I started J.D. McKissick. I finally started J.D. McKissick. And he didn't do anything. Jamal Williams, who I benched for J.D. McKissick, went off. That's the team where I keep starting the wrong people. That's why I keep losing. That's just a tricky team. I got so many people I could play, and it's not that many spots. You know, it's only like one flex spot. So it's tough, man. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Ravens had a crazy... Ending to that Lions game where Lamar Jackson was clutch. I mean, them first three plays where he got sacked, he ran out of bounds, he, he had to throw something away. I was like, oh, no, this is looking bad. But fourth and the 16th, fourth and 16th, or was it fourth and 19th? All I know is late in the midnight hour. Came through with a big time throw to Sammy Watkins. And I was scratching my head. I was like, why didn't Sammy Watkins got bounds? Why is he in bounds? He had time to run out of bounds. What is he doing? And they had no timeouts. I was like, oh, no. Nah. It was at the 50. They spike it. I'm thinking they're going to run another play. Nah, they didn't. Lamar Jackson threw the ball out of bounds. Like, what the heck? I was like, okay. I was telling my uncle. I was telling my uncle that, um, my uncle John, that Justin Tucker's one of the best kickers in the league. But I was like, I don't know if he can make this. This is kind of far. Saw that kick go up. I was on my knees. I was like, I was looking, and that joint hit the crossbar. I was like, no way. And it bounced in, and I was on the floor. I was like, oh, my God. No, nah, my uncle John, he don't like he don't like people making too much noise. So I was kind of making noise. He, he was like, he was like, hey, no, nah, no, nah, let me hear that. Let me hear the let me hear the commentary. And boy, that was amazing. I'm so glad I saw that. That was fun to watch. Uh, they had a delay of game on that throwaway that I thought was intentional grounding. It was no penalty. I don't know what the Ravens were doing. They, they kind of got a little lucky to be in that position. But, hey, history happened. I'm glad I saw it. That was so fun to watch. I thought the Ravens were going to blow out the Lions. I don't know why they had so much trouble with their defensive front. Whatever. They won. It was an amazing game. And, man. Man. Oh, and after, right after the game, my uncle begged me to turn it back to the Bucks and Rams, and rightfully so, because that was the game of the week. Wow. Oh, one last thing. One last thing. 
Uh, oh, man, how the 49ers lost on Sunday Night Football. They battled all the way back. Got the lead. Like, because they were losing pretty much the whole game. Then they got the one-point lead with 37 seconds to go. I thought they had wasted enough time. I thought they was like, I thought they was like, I thought, man, okay, this is just enough time. Like, this is just enough time for them to stop Aaron Rodgers. I don't got to worry about it. <clears throat> 37 seconds is not enough time. With no timeout, nah, that's not enough time for Rodgers. They got this. This defense, they got this. But 37 seconds, even 37 seconds, was too much time for Aaron Rodgers. And I can't even stand him. I can't. This is why I can't stand him sometimes. Two, two deep digs by Devontae Adams. Fred Warner was almost on the first one. But the second one, he was open again. It looked like the same play two times in a row. And he got the field goal range with those two deep ends. How do you let the same play happen twice if you're the 49ers? How? I am just, I was just baffled how they allow that to happen twice. And once Aaron Rodgers spiked the ball and he pumped his fist, they were at the 35. Once I saw them get to the 35, I was like, oh, it's over. He pumped his fist. I was like, yeah, it's over. They messed up. And sure enough, Mason Crosby came through, and they won. And I'm just thinking, man, if the 49ers left a little less time on the clock, if they knew how to defend, if they knew how to stop Devontae Adams, maybe, just maybe, they would have won. Actually, they would have won. Ain't no maybe. Unbelievable. I was just like, damn it. Cannot stand. Cannot stand Aaron Rodgers sometimes. <laughs> For real, man. What the heck? Anyway, it's time for a quick ride on the Sooner Squeak. Oh, you want another close one? You know, I predicted that they were going to win 30 to 27 against West Virginia. They won 16-13. I knew it was going to be close. I knew it was going to be somewhat low scoring. But I was expecting 16-13. And it was the same thing where they weren't really turning the ball over. It was kind of a close uh, time of possession. But see, the difference is I didn't really watch that Nebraska game closely. I watched this one closely. And it was just, okay, I see what the problem is. They, they can't really run the ball. Um, Spencer Rattler's under pressure. They're not really converting third down. And it's just, I, there was a stretch in the second half where they just couldn't do anything. It's like, this offense looks pathetic. No one's open. We got all these all-star receivers, and no one's getting open. That's probably on the coordinator. Or maybe the offensive line, because the Rattler don't have no time. Rattler's making head scratching throws. It's it they look like it looks like the Eagles offense. It kind of looked like the Eagles offense. I kind of saw the same thing with the Sooners. 
Now, to Spencer Rattler's credit, like the offense was so bad, that's why Spencer Rattler got booed. He got booed, and they were cheering for Caleb Williams. Bruh, people been talking about possibly Caleb Williams starting from the beginning, even before all this. Now, the kind of the chants get louder now that the offense isn't really producing on the field. Same thing that happened when Jalen Hurst was playing. When he didn't play well, they were calling for Spencer Rattler. So this is just part of the process. But I was like, I'm going to still get Spencer Rattler some time. I believe in him. Well, but that Heisman, you can kiss that goodbye. He ain't going to win the Heisman. So it's probably going to be between that old Miss kid, Bryce Young, who they're playing each other this week. So we're going to see two potential Heisman candidates go against each other. Maybe the running back from Ohio State. And that's all I can really think of. Maybe the kid from Michigan State, that running back, he's nice. Give him some primetime games and he'll he might move up. That's pretty much a Heisman race. I think I I don't think Spencer Rattler's in it. Unless he just completely goes berserk. Like against Texas. Like, but I, I don't really also I don't put any stock in Texas beating Texas Tech. Texas Tech, when have they ever played defense? Come on now. Texas Tech has been mediocre at best for a while now. <laughs> when is the last time they've been good? What, Patrick Mahomes? Even with Patrick Mahomes, they were just above average. They still had no defense, and that's why we kept beating. And now, don't even really have that great of an offense. So... I don't put too much stock in Texas blasting Texas Tech. We'll see what happens this week, uh, whoever the heck they play. All I know is the big Red River showdown is next week, and I can't wait. Got my ticket and everything. Anyway, man, uh, people are panicking, but we're 4-0. I still give this coaching staff, this offense, and the defense. Defense been playing well. Defense been playing well, finally. I'll give them some time to get it together before I freak out. I know it doesn't look good. I am a little worried, but they'll figure it out. I I think they will. At the end of the day, we're 4-0, but we keep having these close games with our unranked teams. We're going to just fall out the top 10. We fell to 6. I thought we were going to fall to 7, but 6 is fine. You know, we keep winning. We'll be in the Final Four. And then we'll see who's overrated and who's not. <laughs> like, real live. Oh, and I looked at the stats. That one receiver, um, what's his name? Brown. Let, oh no, that's the running back. He had 56 yards. He had more yards than Eric Gray, who's our leading rusher. That Ford Wheaton kid, Bryce Ford Wheaton. He had 93 yards receiving. He killed it. He had the vast majority of West Virginia's receiving yards. Daigie only threw for 160, and he didn't even throw a touchdown. What a head-scratching game. They only scored three points in the in the second half. Wow. Hey, we winning games. Defense coming through when they have to. Offense coming through when they have to. Like, Spencer Rattler did get us in position to kick that. Game winning field goal. So I'm I'm cool with it. 
I'm never gonna I'm never gonna boo my team. Like y'all crazy. Y'all need to knock it off. Just give them some time. I know we have high standards as Sooner fans. I know. I know the culture. There's high standards. You gotta perform the championship level all the time. Like it's not a game. But still, still, I wouldn't boo Spencer Rattler. Give him some time. Anyway, I'm off to Sooner Schooner real quick. Bradley Bill vaccination status. He hasn't got vaccinated, but part of it is because he just had COVID. He didn't have the vaccine before COVID. Listen, if you want to get the vaccine, cool. If you don't, that's cool too. I'm I'm cool with choices. I'm cool with whatever you want to choose. Sure, I mean studies show that it's less likely for you to get it's less likely that you will die if you get the vaccine. I mean, it's less likely you get sick because of the vaccine. Less likely. It could still happen. But I get it, man. We're dealing with the government. We're dealing with something that you're going to be skeptical about. Dealing with something that um, you don't even know what they're really putting into. I get it. I, I get it. You know, it's it's easy to be skeptical. You don't have to take the vaccine. You just got to deal with the consequences that come with it by your employer, like the NBA, the NFL, because it's, it's their rules. Me, I don't don't care. Like what you have, you have every right not to take it, but you just gotta take whatever comes with it. I I think Bradley Bill might get the vaccine, but you know he just had COVID, and you gotta wait some time after you got COVID to to get it. To get the vaccine, so I, I I get it. He he might still get it, but it's not that big of a deal. Like it's just people have choices and people have reasons why they want to take it and don't take it, or why they don't want to take it. I'm vaccinated. It is what it is, and I had the, and I had COVID. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm excited for this season. It's coming up. Bradley Bill is going to play like an all-star. I just hope the pieces around him are at least decent or play well so we can be in the top eight at the end of the season. Or top ten. You, you know how the, the playoff thing goes. I mean, that's all I know. All right. So real quick, it's time for... A hypothetical game of the episode. Wow, if I can get to it. (laughs) The hypothetical game of the episode is a quick one, a what if sports type of game between... The 2001, the 2000 Oregon State Beavers, all you need to know is they were 11-1 and one and they had Chad Johnson and TJ Hoosmanzada. Kind of a preview of what you was going to see the rest of the decade with the Bengals. Against the 1997 Marshall Thundering Herd with Heisman candidate 
Randy Moss. And to my surprise, with um, legendary all-star receivers on both sides, this was mostly a running game. This was mostly a running game. Because, um, yeah, I'm looking at it, and the running backs were the stars. Oregon State's running back had 28 carries, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Marshall's running back had uh, 19 carries, 131 yards, and a touchdown. T.J. Huzmanzada, four catches, 55 yards. He led the team. Chad Johnson, two receptions, 38 yards, uh, including one 20-plus yarder. Randy Moss wasn't even the leading receiver. He had four catches, 62 yards, no touchdowns. This guy named LaVorne Coldclaw had five catches, 73 yards. I mean, just wow. Just wow. Doug, Doug Chapman actually had, from Marshall, had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Wow. And Marshall, the difference in the game was it was 16-17 going into the fourth. And Marshall just didn't score. Marshall didn't score. And Oregon State, actually, yeah, Oregon State put it away with a 20 to put it away with a field goal, 138 left. So it was 17-16 the whole fourth quarter. And then Oregon State got that field goal late to cut it to four. Uh, Marshall couldn't do anything. And then Oregon State, <laughs> oh, man. With a last second field goal with as time aspires to kind of put the icing on top. 23-16. So 2000 Oregon State beat Marshall 23-16. And the star-studded receivers didn't really do it. So yeah, that's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. Yo, no, 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 no. I might have to run that back with those two in the NFL. Just so look so look out look out for that. It might be a better game. It might be a more interesting game if I put pair these two in the NFL. I mean Randy Moss versus Chad Johnson, TJ Husmanzada. So look out for that. Look out for that. But for now, I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.